welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Tonight is a bucket list moment for me. Um, Ever since I picked up his first book, Randy Wayne White has been kind of a hero of mine. Having grown up in South Florida, um, I am familiar with all the locations that he talks about in his books. And I now live on the same coast as he does. I am thrilled to welcome to Office on the Air for the first time the magnificent Randy Wayne White. Randy, welcome to the show, and thank you. <laughs> Pam, greetings from uh, Sanibel Island, southwest Florida. A beautiful night. Yes. It's low in the western sky. It's 72 degrees at 20 hundred hours. That's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, and great to be with you. You know, Randy, I know you know all those things because you were a boat tour guide in your early life, correct? Yeah, I was a fishing guide, a light tackle fishing guide, fly fishing guide on Sanibel Island, again, which is right near Fort Myers at Tarpon Bay Marina. I did, uh, for more than, for about 14 years, did more than 3,000 charters. With rare exception, I was in the water 300 days a year, and uh, I became very intimate with the water, and uh, I I was okay at it. And uh, you know, so now uh, the, what, the chance to the chance to to revisit my fishing guide days, my novels is um, it's an honor, frankly. You know, um, I I was thinking when I came over here, I used to see stickers on the back of all the car cars that said Salt Life, and um, it wasn't until I came to this side that of the of the state that I recognized how much living revolves around the beautiful gulf that we live on not the same way as in miami um and miami they built up the coastline with too many and all through southeast florida with too many condos and you know now the cities are sinking but i think we have a more conservative approach over here on southwest florida don't you well i love the east coast of florida it's very different in terms of yes. the light the air, the wind, it's just so different. Also in terms of demographics and, and buildings, you're quite right about that. But the the southwest, well, the west coast of Florida, it really is the mangrove coast. It's the bay coast. It is. It's quite literally tens, tens of thousands of uninhabited mangrove islands and a lot of shoal water and um, incredible, not just natural history, but social history. Well, you're not kidding. Um, I recognized that when I – it took me about a year to realize. I left Miami, which is a town of 2.5 million people, to move to Fort Myers, which is a town of 250,000 people when we have our tourist season. And um, geographically, according to square miles and so on, Miami-Dade County is actually smaller than Lee County. But still, I think we have a lifestyle that's um, very unique. To this part of the state well it it has been different historically um, since just after the time of the Spaniards um, in 18 gosh I think it was 1896 or 97 uh, a New York New York physician by the name of W H Wood landed the first tarpon on rod and reel at Tarpon Bay on Santa wow. just off Santa and that changed the face of big game fishing. It was the first big game saltwater fish you could catch from a rowboat. And Pam, that wow. changed everything. It made international headlines, headlines in London, and there began uh, the building railroads down the west coast of Florida. It, it began the building of 
fishing hotels at Punarasa, Boca Grande, St. Pete, and Tampa. And rather than going to the East Coast, like most wealthy people did at that time, Thomas Edison, uh, Henry Firestone, uh, and he- or, uh, Harry Firestone, Henry Ford, came to Fort Myers because they, they did wanted indeed. to catch a And it right. just changed everything. It did. And for those of you listening, the Ford and Edison estates are not far from where Randy lives and from where I live. I've been there a bunch of times. It is a fascinating place. And it sits right on our beautiful bay, the Gulf of Mexico waters there in the Catalici River. But, but, but it is a different lifestyle for sure. And you've had such a wonderful life. When I was reading on your website about tropical bums like us, I loved the fact that that you were talking about fishing in the bays and they wouldn't allow you to drive motorboats anymore. So you were thinking, what do I do now? But you've always yeah. been kind of a writer, haven't you? You've documented your your times when you were a fishing guide. You know this coast so well. Um how did you decide, Randy, to turn your love of the water into novels? Well, Pam, I reckon like most of the people listening to your show, they wouldn't be listening to this unless, unless they loved reading books, as right? did I and as do I. I grew up in rural areas, and early on I came to think or at least hope that if I could write a book, maybe I could become part of the magic I found in books. Uh, yes. Never really qualified in any academic way to be a writer or anything else. I went to high school in Iowa for three years, and as I tell people, because of that, there was no need for me to go to college. I did not. But <laughs> uh, but I was a fishing guide full-time, and uh, they, the federal government gave us at Tarpon Bay on Sandoval two months' notice. They were closing Tarpon Bay to powerboat traffic. I was out of a job and not qualified to do anything but run boats. So wow. I wrote an offer. Yeah, it's turned out pretty good. Yeah, it really has. How did you come up with Doc Ford? I, I've been dying of curiosity. I have had a crush on Doc Ford for so long. I, I wish I could tell you. He's just the ultimate Southwest Florida guy, even though he used to be with NSA. And, of course, Tomlinson has just – I've known a Tomlinson throughout every year I've been alive. <laughs> so. God help you. God help us all. Yeah. Right? But he's terrific. I mean, he's terrific, and he's a great character. I love him so much. Um, Where did Doc Ford come from? Well, when I found out the marina was closing at Tarpon Bay, uh, I had had some great luck as a writer. Uh, When Rolling Stone founded Outside Magazine, that was 1978, I was Mm -hmm. a full-on, full-time fishing guide. I wrote a story, sent it in as in the terms of those years, over the transom, uninvited, unknown. The editor at Outside Magazine um, called me at the marina, and he said, we can't use this. Terry McDonald, very gruff guy, still is, but a wonderful editor, said, we can't use this. And I said, well, golly, thanks for calling. He said, no, I want you to try something else. Um, he saw something in that story. And so I wrote a story that was published in the first year that Outside Magazine existed, and they had an incredible stable of writers, and it was a huge break for me. But I continued fishing as a guide. But then when the marina closed in 87, 1987, 1988, I was out of a job. I thought, by golly, I've got to do something. I'm going to write a book under my own name, and this has to be good. 
and I wanted to sell. So I spent, I, I wrote 30,000 words, just character analysis of these two characters, the marine wow. biologist, Marion Dotford, and his unrepentant hipster pal, Tomlinson. And right. so there are things I know about those two characters that have yet to appear in the books. And That's then I so started good. a novel that, that I titled Sanibel Flats. And in, nine, in the year 2001, it was chosen as one of the 100 best mysteries of the 20th century by the independent booksellers. And so I've got incredible reviews. It didn't sell very well, but uh, I've stuck with it. Well, you know something? You've sold well now, and you've made tons and tons of fans with your books, your your Doc Ford and Tomlinson books. Um, uh, Dick and Fay, as, as people may or may not realize, is a fictional fictional area. Um, what did you base that on? What part of, of our fair state did you base Dinkins Bay on? Well, Dinkins Bay is actually Tarpon Bay on Sanibel, where I was a fishing guide, but there because you go. the federal government closed, federal government closed us down, I was I was kind of peeved, frankly, <laughs> to be out of a job with two young sons. And I'm I sure. thought, my golly, if I write this write this book, I don't want to give them any advertising, so I changed the name to Dinkins Bay. But uh, uh, a guy, a wonderful guy named Mac Hamby, Mac in the novels, he owned and ran the marina. A guy who loved money, a businessman, uh, Graham Miller, a great friend from New Zealand, was the manager. So Mac is a combination. In the novels of uh, Matt Camby and Grant too. Miller, um, Nick, uh, still a great friend, worked at the marina. We called him Jethro Jets because he looked like That's Jethro so Bodine, cool. the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh Clark yeah, Jen, uh-huh. great, oh, and he had a terrible stutter. So I used all these real people whom I adored and still adore as fictional characters in my novels, and they've stayed alive now for oh my golly, since 1990. That's a long time. This is book number 26 for Doc, is it? Salt River, yeah, 26 Doc, yeah. Doc Ford. Now, yes. 26 of Doc Ford. That does not count your other books that you've written, and you've written tour, um, uh, fishing guides. You've, you've done it all, Randy. Um, do you feel like uh-huh. you want to do something else just in case? Is there something you want to do that you haven't done yet? Well, uh, I, I am doing it, actually. I'm coming out with a young adult middle grade novel in uh, the last week of March. Doc Ford is in it. The novel is called Fins, as in shark fins. Right. It's about uh, a trio of kids that Doc Ford hires to help him tag sharks. And it's Fins, uh, and it's going to be a series under the um, title Sharks Incorporated. These kids start a company they call Sharks Incorporated. So I'm doing that, and I'm doing all kinds of unusual things. It's been, my God, it's a rare morning. I don't wake up and pinch myself and think, what a blessed, lucky life I'm living. You and me both. Boy, isn't it nice to be on this side of the grass? Um, Ain't it right. You're right. (laughs) You know, it really is. Um, uh, Have you ever considered or have you been asked to turn Doc Ford into uh, a feature film or television Oh, many, many, many times, sold many options. I I don't get involved with it. Hollywood is not a nice business. I've met no. a great number of people. They seem nice, but um, no, I write my novels, and I do what I do, and it seems to be going okay. You are very active with a lot of young people in our community, aren't you? Well, I try to be. 
Yeah, I, I try to be. I have two granddaughters, one grandson, and uh, coached Little League for many years. And I like people. I'm, I, I tend to be an optimistic guy. I don't see the apocalypse coming. It's, um, I think it's the best time in history to, to, to live, frankly, in terms of medical care and, and many other things. So many. Right. It's a far more inclusive, far more inclusive time, um, despite all the anger and uh, manifested on the Internet. I find people to be kinder, more generous, and so uh, a lucky I think you're right. I, I never in a million years would I have ever thought that I would turn into a radio talk show host. And 1,500 authors later, and eight years, it's the best thing I ever did that I never, that I don't get paid for. I have so much fun doing it. So I understand. I understand what you mean. Let's talk about Salt River. I love the title. Um, Most people don't understand that many of our freshwater tributaries actually flow out to the the bay, and from the bay go into the ocean. You have to understand we are a giant body of water here on southwest Florida. Um, Will you tell us a little bit about what happens to Doc and Tomlinson? Because, boy, when you said you haven't revealed all, you weren't kidding. It's kind of like you've peeled the onion and the onion was the size of a giant pumpkin because after 26 years, the things we are now learning about Doc and Tomlinson are just eye-opening. So maybe you could give us a little elevator pitch. Well, thank you for the very kind insight. Salt River, Doc Ford, the linear biologist, Tomlinson, the ultra ornery fenton hipster, spiritual, etc. In Salt River, we find out that Tomlinson, during his younger years made money by selling his his DNA to a sperm bank. And right. by Dolly Thompson being Tomlinson, he didn't just donate once. We're talking 40, 50 <laughs> donations. And then, but with no clue, no foresight regarding these new DNA tests. So Tomlinson begins to find out via email on the internet that he has sired many children. And many of them want to meet their biological father. Well, this is oh hard, talking in too many ways to count. And that's how the book starts. I, I was talking earlier to another writer, and we were talking about sperm donation and things like that. And um, I have a friend who wanted to be a single mom, and she went to this very reputable place and got to look at profiles and so on and so forth and um, chose who she wanted. She has a delightful child um, and then further found out that he has six half-brothers and sisters and probably more, and they've all gotten together. So, which makes me think, you know, maybe your donation should be limited to one one like, time or I'm not really sure but it does create an kind of an ethical and moral question don't you think well it does indeed I did so much research regarding that and I spoke to people who have been the products of donations and early in the book uh, Tomlinson confesses to Doc Ford you know uh, 40 times that should not be considered a sin should it and Ford replies it's not a sin it should be a felony <laughs> 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 Didn't I read last year, Randy, about some doctor who worked at the sperm bank who was contributing his own sperm, and he had like 200 offspring from that? 
I I read the same it, article. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? And they use they use they use to practice and perhaps still do called confused insemination, which I was oh, starting geez. to discover when I was doing the research. And so confused insemination and and keep in mind I'm a light person I really don't know much of anything but it they would do this the sperm donor would donate his seed uh, and it would be frozen so the couple would come in to the clinic and to confuse things they would have the male partner contribute his seed the sperm and that would be mixed with the unknown the anonymous sperm donor they would also inject the female with um, estrogen um, material that would increase her the number of eggs she produced to even con- more confused things. So when the child was born, the male partner might think that it might be his or her his son or daughter. The female right. might think that's true, and of course the anonymous donor presumably would never find out. But in this case, he does. I think they're finding out more and more. So this is not something that surprises me about Tomlinson. Um, You know, he has so many wacky adventures. And um, for a stoner, and I've known lots like Tomlinson, who were just a hoot to be around, but you kind of shake your head and say, oh, my goodness, what's next? And sure enough, this is what's next for Tomlinson, right? Now, um, Tell me how Doc reacts to all this and what is going on in his story in the meantime. Well, Salt River, it it really has three finales, uh, one grand, grand finale. Um, (laughs) Doc Ford is an interesting character, linear, and and he chooses not to be emotional, but occasionally he is. Uh, Yes. And the Plotline reflects back on a recent book in which Doc Ford and his pal Tomlinson uh, find a cache of stolen gold, and it's based on a true story that you have to read the novel to understand it. Right. Doc Ford has never been a profiteer in his life, but he has worked in the clandestine services for many years, and he knows how to get things done. And so that's one of the second... uh, Grand finales, and then the third grand finale. It's it's a shock. We're not price. telling. We're not telling. We're not telling. letting anybody Ain't know that you you have to go and buy the book. The book is put out by Putnam. It's on sale on the 11th tomorrow. And by the way, um, I will see you at Barnes and Noble in Fort Myers to have my copy signed. Um, oh, good. When you're when you're not writing, and when you're not fishing, and when you're not Mixing it up at Doc Forge, your place on Sanibel, and I know you spend a lot of. Right. Do you actually write there, by the way? Yeah, well, I do. We have three restaurants. We have Doc Forge, named after the character, of course, Sanibel right. Rum Bar and Grill on Sanibel. Right. We have a second one on Captiva. We call it Doc Tivas, but it's Doc Forge, Sanibel Rum Bar and Grill on Captiva. We have another one on what we call Fort Myers Beach, but it's actually um, just under the Skyway on the waterfront before you get to Fort right. Myers. Right. And I do write there. I, particularly uh, Captiva and Sandoval. It's I don't know, it, it just seems it's a curious thing about a good writing space. It has for me it's never had nothing anything to do with a nice desk or nice furniture. It's just certain right. places feel right and at the restaurants I'll get in one of the booths and it's good and feels good to my back and I'll 
put on headphones and I'll write there. Do you mind people coming up to you and saying hello and asking for autographs? You're kidding. I spend all day alone in a freaking room. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Randy, you're funny. I'm tracking you down one day and hopefully you'll be there, but I will see you tomorrow night. Would you please tell everyone your website? Uh, it's docford.com, D-O-C-F-O-R-D.com, or randywaynewhite.com. There you and, go. Um, yeah, what a and, ride. And Thank I'm, you so much. I'm, I'm telling you people right now, tomorrow at Barnes & Noble in Fort Myers at 7 p.m., Sarasota on Wednesday at 7 at the Barnes & Noble, St. Pete on Thursday at Haslam's, a great bookstore. That's 3 in the afternoon. Then Jacksonville. The Bookmark, another yeah. great store. That's it. Neptune Beach, actually, if you haven't had a chance. And then Randy goes down the East Coast to Vero Beach. The Vero Beach Book Center is amazing. That's on Saturday it the truly 15th. Is. Yeah. And, and then Murder on the Beach, one of my favorite places uh, in Delray Beach. Delray. It's a great place. Lots of great restaurants, farm-to-table restaurants there. And then back over here to Copperfish Books in Punta Gorda, another wonderful. Back at Captiva, at Doc Ford's Captiva, and then back to Fort Myers Beach on the 18th. You're driving quite a bit, Randy. Well, it's better than flying. I used to do the book tour. I'd do three or four weeks flying coast-to-coast, and I'd always get sick and met great people. But I just I don't have to do it anymore, and I don't want to. You know, you you have your peeps here in Florida. I think you have such a huge fan base here as well as other places, but you are so well-known in Florida. I would imagine that it feels comfortable for you to be traveling through Florida. Well, I love Florida. Plus, I've got a really cool truck, and it's fun. (laughs) There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the wonderful Randy Wayne White. The new book is called Salt River. I urge you to go to his website, look at everything he has to say. His introduction note to his new subscribers, to his newsletter, is just lovely. It's so down to earth. It is so laid back Southwest Florida. It is so Sanibel Island and and Captiva. You're going to love it. Randy, thank you for the honor of being here. I have so enjoyed your company. You know what? You're terrific. Great interviewer. And I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Randy. And have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow night. All right. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. And now, my friends, I'm so honored to have with me one of my favorite writers of all time, also someone who I consider a good friend after many years of hanging out at conferences together. Um, I'm so happy to introduce to you award-winning author Libby Fisher-Hellman. Hi, Libby. Welcome back to Authors on the Air. Well, thank you, Pam. It's really nice to be here for a quickie. I know, and how interesting that I was just talking to Randy about being on Sanibel Island, and you're going to be down to visit in March, and I cannot wait to see you again. It's actually February. It's the last week. February, sorry. Last week in February. Yeah, Yeah, I'll be on Sanibel and Captiva. I'm still in January. I can't believe we're already February 5th. The, and it just, I'm still saying Happy New Year to everyone. And, <laughs> you know, it freaks me out. So, um, Libby, you know, um, I've been following you for a long time. I fell in love with Havana Lost when you first did an interview with my colleague, Paul Levine, when he had a show in this network called Pulp Friction. And right. I went and got your book, and then 
went back and started reading all of your books from the beginning. And then you invited me to go to Love is Murder in Chicago. I stayed with you. You came down here to go to Southwest Readers Fest and signed all of your books for me. I have a whole shelf of Libby Fisher Hellman. Wow. I know that That's you've good. had a you've had a career in journalism and on television. You have had um, be long before you became a host in this network. Um, and then you had a, a, another show in television in Chicago. You have your show, mm-hmm. your live show and podcast here in the same Authors on the Air network, uh, Second Sunday Books. But you now are doing something very special for your readers and your friends and your fans. Mm-hmm. You, My favorite series is Georgia Davis, who is a P.I., yeah. Tell me what you're doing for your friends and your readers. Well, I have a special promotion going on for my Georgia Davis series. Well, <clears throat> pardon me. There are five books in the series, and four of them, the first four, are in a box set. And I am offering the box set for 99 cents. So oh my people God. can get four novels for 99 cents. Why am I doing that? Because I'm crazy. Um, And actually, uh, uh, you know, so people can get all four books and then just buy the fifth one, which, of course, I'm marking up to twenty five thousand dollars. Of course. But um, (laughs) the first first four are Easy Innocence, Double Back, Toxicity and Nobody's Child. And they are only available through this Sunday. So we're kind of in midweek, and so if people want them, I really hope that they will get them in the next few minutes or the next few hours, because after Sunday night, the sale goes you're, away never to return. You're never, you're never returning to this. This is an amazing, um, no, this is, amazing this is opportunity. It. Yeah, 25 cents a book, less than 25 cents a book. Libby, tell right. us about Georgia Davis and some of her adventures. Georgia first uh, appeared in my Ellie Foreman series when she was still a a cop. And as soon as she sort of came on the page, I knew right then that one day she was going to have her own series. But I didn't know when it would be, and I didn't know what the story was would be. So I had to wait until the story came to me. And I also knew that she couldn't be a cop because I do, although I do know some police procedure and have learned quite a bit since I've been writing crime thrillers, I didn't feel comfortable writing a police procedural. Of course, I ended up doing just that, but we won't. Right. So (laughs) I had, I knew in the last George, in the last uh, Ellie book, when I would uh, have Georgia, suspended from the force and while Mm. she was suspended she'd hang out a shingle as pi and it worked out so well for her and for me (laughs) that uh, she never went back to the police force so georgia is a loner she is not very social she has baggage from her earlier life Uh, she does not want to go out to lunch with you and chat she has not got very many friends and she's working against uh, having been abandoned as a 12-year-old child by her mother. And that is a recurring um, theme in the books and in, um, well, you have to read number five to find out that, that sometimes that might change. 
Right. Um, in in the fourth book, which happens to be my one of my favorites, Nobody's Child, Georgia discovers she has a half sister that she did not know about from her mother and a different father. So that's the story, and that half sister's in big trouble. But um, that's after she's been around for about three three or four books. The first book is um, about high school girls becoming prostitutes, um, and one of them is killed. And they're not prostitutes because they're rebelling or they want drugs. They just want money. They want money to buy the gadgets and toys and designer clothing that the rich girls have. Sure. So they decide the easiest way to do it. You're not going to get that kind of money, you know, flipping burgers at McDonald's. Right. So they become prostitutes. And one of those girls is killed, and Georgia is a newly minted PI, and she gets involved in the case. And that is easy in a sense. And if this is actually based on a true incident that happened in a high school, suburban high school, about a mile or two from my house. Wow. So, yeah, that's where the idea finally came. And I said, aha, this is it. This is what it, what George is going to do. And so the series went on from there. And she is my most, uh, she's she's my most popular um that series is my most most popular. It's also a little harder edged than my L.A. Foreman series, so I, I I call it hard boiled. And um, you know, Georgia has to save herself. She's not getting saved by anybody else. She's got to earn the as recognition in life. As in yeah. life, <laughs> yeah. Nobody's it's, gonna it's save a very, her. Yeah, it's an uh, very authentic book. It's a really. Um, when I read those books, and I read them right in a row, as you know, um, I, you know, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, what's next? Oh my god, what's going to happen next? And that's <laughs> the way, to me, a thriller should read. You should be getting to the end of the chapter, going, oh my god, I, I, I got to walk outside, have a glass of wine, smoke a cigarette, you know, whatever yeah. your vice is, and then walk in and say. Okay, I'm ready. Hit me, and and so that's the way the Georgia books do it, you so, know. For, so I for have, me, I have a funny, I have a funny story to tell you. My okay. copy editor, my copy editor was reading. I think she was reading Nobody's Child, and she said to me, "Do you know that one? There's that one scene, and I'm not going to tell you, tell your readers what your listeners right. what it is." She said, "I had to stop." and go down to the kitchen and turn all the lights on before I could read that chapter. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I, my copy editor, okay. Yeah, no, I definitely you know, believe in in uh, making you stay wa- stay up way too Oh, late. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They are compulsively, compulsively Thank readable you. thrillers. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and excellent, excellent. Um, Libby, where can we find you on the web? You can find me all over the web. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm. I, well, my website is LibbyHellman.com. I'm also on uh, Twitter at Libby Hellman. I'm on Facebook at Libby Fisher Hellman. Uh, I think I'm on, oh, yeah, I'm on Instagram as Ms. Thriller. Um, and, You're also on Second uh, Sunday Books, your podcast. Second Sunday, yeah, I I don't discriminate about being online. 
I have like to tell your... you that I, uh, when Libby was down visiting me here in Southwest Florida for the Southwest Readers Fest, which is coming up in a month, um, I watched Libby engage with all of the <laughs> participants. We were out in Millennial Park, which is right on the bay, and it's a beautiful setting. And Libby and I were under a tent, and I kind of had to sit back and say, oh, my God. People love this woman, and you just kind of drew them in. You had a little crowd around the table, and everyone wanted to hear about it. And I had you invited me to go to a book club where you gave um, <laughs> a, an hour speech kind of off the cuff. And yeah, I was so that. impressed. I thought, oh, my God, I could do that for 20 minutes, but I can't do it for an hour. <sighs> and people were mesmerized listening to you talk about your writing process and everything else. Now, I want to make it clear, you are available on to Skype book clubs, correct? Yes. yes. In fact, and Zoom now. <clears throat> Zoom, I, don't, I think probably a lot of your listeners know about Zoom. I did a three-hour workshop, believe it or not, with a library wow. in Alaska. Oh, my gosh. I was in Chicago, and we did this last spring. And oh, it all worked out. It all worked out. So yes, I am. I'm available on Skype. I'm available by phone. I'm available by on Zoom. And I was actually thinking of maybe doing a Facebook Live thing tomorrow morning, just to remind oh, people fun. that. Yeah, maybe I will. I have to put on my makeup though. Oh God! See, and that's why I don't. That's <laughs> why I don't do a live stream. Um, yeah. Libby, tell me what Chirp is and why readers should and listeners should know uh, about it. Chirp is the. Uh, equivalent of BookBub, but for audiobooks. Auto, for audiobooks. Yes, and actually it is owned by BookBub, and I think uh, Find A Way Voices, which is a uh, an Audible-type um, right. organization, co-own right. it, or Find A Way has a piece of it. And what they do is they offer audiobooks at ridiculously low prices. Easy Innocence was on their radar was for a month it was reduced to 99 cents, believe it or not, for an for a whole audiobook. And on uh February 10th, Nobody's Child, which is the book we were just talking about where my yes. editor said she she had to turn on all the turn lights. Turn on the lights, all right. Uh, um that's going on chirp February 10th. For the rest of February, so you can get uh, you can get it for ninety nine cents, and that's after you get all four books, ebooks, not audiobooks, for ninety nine cents this week. So lots of deals from me in February. I don't know. I think it's because the weather's so icky that in February that a lot of people just stay inside and want to read. So there you go. Oh, I think I've it's got because you love your you. readers. You love your readers. Now, you're also doing a really cool contest on your author page for people who post that they bought your books. Tell me what this raffle giveaway is all about. Oh, this is this is a raffle. This is just a fun thing. If you buy uh, the e-books, the box set for $0.99, cents, and you share the ad that is on Facebook with a friend, you get entered into a raffle where you can get a $25 gift certificate uh, from Amazon 
as well as a ball cap or a coffee mug or a tote bag, which, of course, everyone needs to have. Right. Uh, you know, I have so. like 50 of them, and I, I love them. I, 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 can, <laughs> I give I, away books, but I won't give away my tote bags. <laughs> well, I know. I, what can I say? I, I'm a coffee mug person myself, but um, if, you're, if you're a tote bag person, that's fine, too. Anyway, yes. So um, all you have to do is buy the buy the box set, which is available all over. It's on Amazon. It's on uh, Apple. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's on Kobo. It's on Google. Uh, let me know in the comments on my Facebook page, which is author Libby Fisher Hellman, that you have done so and you're entered. And That's sure. an easy thing to do. I have to yeah. go buy my books now, even though I have them in paper and they're all signed. Yeah, I have yeah, to. I, know. I have You're to put them on my Kindle. Truth. Well, you know, I I I, I love I reading love your it. books. So, well, it's now. <laughs> it's, hey, it's only a dollar. It's less than a Starbucks, and you get four books. There you go. Oh, there and you I'm go. a cheapskate. I don't even go to Starbucks, so I'm buying your book. There you go. This, my guest right now is Libby Fisher-Hellman. Um, uh, go to her Facebook page. Find her on Twitter, Insta, it, wherever you want to go. She's there, but you'll find her on the web, along with all of her books, a little synopsis of everything, and one by link so you can go anywhere you want. But get on on the raffle and get on on 25 cents for an ebook. That's a good deal. <laughs> Libby, Lee, I would go for that. Thanks for being with one. me. Oh, thank I really you, appreciate Pam. it. I miss talking to you, and I'm glad that you came yeah. on. Thanks yeah, so much, well, Libby. Thanks. Fun You're to be welcome. There. And thanks Bye. for listening, everybody. And thank you, Mom and Dad. Good night. Mm-hmm.